You have a job. We have shows open. Where are these shows? Who are these shows? <laughs> I got an email today from a speakeasy customer, bless him. He's like, move their booking and move their booking and move their booking and it's going to move it again. And it's one of the things we were laughing about when I was talking to Ruby at Fontaine's that hadn't occurred to me that the general public genuinely think we have more information than they do. So she was oh. like, can we move it to this date in July, hoping that you're still going to be open? And can you please let me know if you'll require test results before we arrive or what your procedure will be and whether there'll be some kind of vaccination <laughs> requirement? <laughs> and I'm like, do you know what you know? That's what I know. <laughs> There's no like secret government website that tells us hidden information about what to expect. In fact, do you know what you know? That's probably what Boris currently knows. Like none of us know. No. None of us know. None of us know. And, and do you know what? In fact, we've got the worst end of it. I don't know if you've noticed where we get these rumours where all of a sudden you're like, oh, God. And then you're just like having to deal with these rumours in the background of some person in the back end of Soho is made up. No, please don't. <laughs> yeah, bless this woman. I used to be like, mm. thanks so much for holding your ticket over for a giant fucking year. But I have no idea. <laughs> no, no. I just wish, I wish I did know. I, I keep getting really hopeful. It's probably a good segue into the world. <laughs> yeah, we should do some podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should. It's, it's, it's nice to see you, but let's do some things. So, wow. No, nope, we've got nothing. I keep getting hopeful for things <laughs> existing. There we go. Today, the sun out and like unpacking a couple of boxes because I'm still unpacking because the world is a bitch and being like oh costumes and stuff like that and planning some things that I'm designing and feeling like things are kicking off in my brain again I was like lip syncing for the first time in my bathroom I know it was really nice I was practicing lip syncing and I was like oh god I'm really good at this sometimes I'm like oh god this is the most useless skill in the world but glorious uh, it's great and um, I was like, oh, I'm really, really excited to like get back to work and stuff. But a lot of bookers are very much in the set vein of like, we don't know what we're doing yet, so we're waiting. And I'm like, that's totally fine. That's fine. I'm fine. Are you fine? We're we're, we're fine. 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 It's fine. Fine. I just need, I just need, just need sway. That's all I need. I don't need anything else. I just need sway. Do you know what? That's... That's how I'm feeling. It, before, it's a bit like, as soon as everything opens, we must open. We must open, we must open everywhere. We need a Friday show, a Saturday show, and send some kind of big party and something else, and we, we must do it now. And now I'm sort of like, I mean, let's get Sway open. <laughs> See how that goes. Yeah. Sway's a good temperature check for the world. Yeah, I mean, as we've discussed many times, Sway is the corset of the House of Burlesque. It's the safety thong. <laughs> it is the comfort of knowing the audience will be there yeah it's the pair of eyelashes that are stuck in a little that pocket um you get in makeup bags which you never really use for anything in case of emergency (laughs) and it's always there doing its job having my back being awesome holding shit together and i just really want to find those eyelashes again (laughs) i just really need them for my face is what i'm saying yeah it's just having them there yeah yeah it's like that emergency pair of tassels that you've like never really used but they're in the box and i i need to wear them i need them we all do uh i i need i need <laughs> i need you to survive as long as sway opens <laughs> we'll not be okay yeah i will never take that gig for granted ever again <laughs> it's so weird it's so weird it's like people are like you know in lockdown you find out what really matters yeah what really matters Sway. it's four pound <laughs> welcome dear listeners uh to another welcome. riveting episode of ginsel i'm tempest oh. she's lolo so and as the world slowly creaks open well, in fact, as the UK slowly creaks open because Europe is having a shit old time at the moment. Sorry, guys. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, although keep it on your side, please. Uh, we, we've had our time. <laughs> Scary stuff. We are daring to think about returning to work and we thought we'd talk about creative creativity, finding the spark of creative process. This is a kind of book ending in a way because we started talking about the creative process on Ginsult when we'd lost everything. And now we are returning to creativity. Yeah, returning to Is it. Is that today's topic? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way of phrasing it. Um, refinding. 
your creativity. Today is we are your marriage counsellors for your relationship <laughs> between you and your creativity. You've you've been through a rough year, a dry patch. You haven't had sex in months. It's been very tricky. It has. And do you look at them and you kind of resent them for how lazy and <laughs> and void they've been. But you know, no matter what, you are committed. So we're just going to sit you down on the sofa, get you to talk <laughs> to your wonderful pal creativity. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. You think of all the good times you've had together and sure you stare at them and think, yeah, it was nice, but it was a lot of work. Yeah. Can I be bothered to make that effort now? Is it really worth it? Could just watch Netflix again. Because once you've done the creativity, you're not really creative after that. You just kind of do the the same stuff for 10 years. So. Um... So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're just... Tempest and myself, um, due to Tempest being a business and someone who has received uh, fantastic funding, well-deserved, um, has been able to look after artists throughout this, whereas I've abandoned mine to the wind. But Tempest uh, brought us into the studio, into a rehearsal studio last week, and I can honestly tell you that it was the first time I actually maybe had some creativity around me. I was like, oh, wow, I used to do this for a living. <laughs> and it was really, really lovely. Um, and it got me thinking over this week, what can I do to keep that stimulation alive, especially when I'm in a job that's relatively boring. I, I'm glad it's there. I'm very grateful. Go get tested, guys. But how do I start reintroducing myself and starting to trust my creativity? Because one thing I'm struggling with is like, what if my ideas are shit? Because it's been so long since I've been in an audience that I'm not regularly testing things out. So that's one of the things that I would like to talk about as well today. Mm. But Tempest, you have been creative over the last month. You've um, curated shows. You've organised R&Ds for us. You even, even have developed acts and made costume. Showing us all up like a greedy bitch. I've been that bitch, yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. like to say I'm sorry, but I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm really happy for you. Like I said, I need you to survive. <laughs> so going in you're standing on the lake of Korea and in the lake Korea there is fish called creativity fish you were there with your rod ready to fish out some creativity what are you using as bait <laughs> <laughs> oh god <clears throat> That's a great question. I'm not sure I can answer it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm more curious about, um, there's lots of people who are listening who are going to be in a creative rut, myself included. Yeah. What things do you do to start milking your creative cow? <laughs> We're coming up with some great analogies I know, I'm today. loving it. You know, and you say you're not feeling creative, but I think you've just changed the medium. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been thinking about why I have found it easier to be creative than some of my wonderful incredibly creative talented friends and I think two important things which I will discuss and then maybe we can work out how to make helpful because I'm not sure they're that helpful is um, firstly I, I've been really really creative for, for, for me for Tempest Rose and I think a lot of that is because actually when House of Burlesque is up and running, and particularly when we were like peaking in busyness before everything came crumbling down in a giant clusterfuck house of cards type Armageddon. <laughs> when I have that much work to do, I actually have very little time to be personally creative. So having all of that taken away, concentrating on my own personal creativity has been a bit of a holiday and has been different to the pressure that I normally experience to be creative and so I think one of the killers for creativity is expectation because I sort of said to myself okay you know with with friends of mine who are finding it really difficult actually that's probably very similar to the fact that I've been, I've literally been trying for nine months to come up with a new house of burlesque show concept and I haven't and what's what's more is I don't think I want to I mean I'll have to <laughs> and I do love coming up with shows it's, it's one of the things I really really enjoy but I found that really really dry and I suppose that must be similar because that's my normal 
job, my normal expectation and feeling the expectation of doing that in a vacuum, I found incredibly hard, whereas shifting my focus to something I wouldn't normally get the time to focus on. Um, I found it easier to ha- to take the pressure off to have lots and lots of ideas. And then the second part of it is I've actually only come up with one new thing in a year. The rest of the time I've been working on stuff that I've had to put to one side. Mm. Um, so reworking ideas that already existed or working with concepts that I had maybe a, you know a few years ago, but again, just had to put a pin in. So I- I've sort of tried to say to like on Patreon and stuff and we've been discussing this like maybe take the pressure off yourself to come up with something from scratch that is really difficult especially when you're in an unstimulated environment and start going over all of the stuff that you would have done had you had time or you thought you'd come back to later and never got the chance to and I don't know if that's helpful for people but it's certainly given me a lot to work with no I think that's really really amazing advice and actually completely makes sense to me start with the stuff that you've already started I tend to ignore the stuff that I've already started because when I do approach it I feel like a failure because I haven't finished it already so I tend to avoid it and I have this desperate need to burn everything to the ground and start afresh it's something that happens every couple of weeks we know this about me so I feel as a solo artist in particular there's a real pressure to create new work to come back to the field with a brand new spanking act which will be fresh and delicious and things like that but the truth of the matter is that's far too overwhelming and trying to narrow that down to concepts and stuff has been really really hard so I really like that I think that's really great that's very good advice yay take my goal shove it down your throat that escalated nicely with loop it's fine I don't mind (laughs) (laughs) well I was mainly just thinking because I shove things down my throat every day at the moment so it's like ah, it's fine I don't mind shove it on down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really like that and I kind of see that in your process of what you were doing as well like in terms of looking after acts that already existed and and moving and, and what I saw you doing and so that's really really great okay because I've gone the opposite way where my creativity that sits is very much in the same way where yours sits with that fact that it's nothing to do with what I'm currently doing and is actually something really separate is that I'm working on a house of horrors is something I discussed the other day that I'm like I want to make an interactive house of horrors that is absolutely ridiculous like a nice run of interactive game tomfoolery of a piece of theater that is not serious and has no point apart from it is a house of horrors (laughs) and that's been really satisfying to think about because it's like oh it just lets my mind wander on its own which is really lovely so it's kind of a blank slate Mm. with no boundaries no nothing and no pressure because if it never came to fruition no one would ever know no one would ever care but maybe some of it for you is then just like recognizing that you are being creative you're just doing it in a different sphere and in fact when we go back to work you know you you do produce stuff and you do put events on you do have lots of contacts in that area so having something that you've already put a load of work into is helping your future in a part of your career because you don't have to start that process from scratch. Like one of the things I'm really pleased about that I've been able to do this over this period of time is I know full well when our shows come back on my whole life is going to be production admin and I don't resent that because I like being a producer but I just I will have no time whatsoever to do anything that's going to develop me as an individual artist within its own right so I'm kind of like building up a bank and maybe you're doing the same thing in opposition and you're you're going to have to focus solely on yourself as an individual artist for the first bit so you're building up a bank of stuff to help your producer self yeah no I I think that's really a very very positive and reflective way of looking at it that's very, very lovely. Ah, this topic's surprisingly small. <laughs> oh, that's done. I... We'd like to plug our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Go home, everyone. Do what you weren't doing beforehand. <laughs> uh... oh, well, the other thing, I guess, is... One of the things that has helped me, and I wonder if you're having this in reverse, it'd be interesting to know because you're working on a different part of what we do at the moment. And that's where you're like, sounds like your ideas are flourishing and that's where your energy is happy kind of swimming around in. I found it easier to work on my solo stuff because I'm applying the lessons I've learned with how I run House of Burlesque. 
And so I think it's made me kind of make quicker decisions, make better decisions. My standards are higher than the last time I had like huge amounts of time to focus on stuff for Tempest. You know, when I'm looking at what I'm putting online, what I'm doing like behind the scenes when it comes to like, you know, refreshing your bio and all that kind of shit, all of those transferring all of that over has helped me. Are there any crossovers for you that you think is really helping you put together or enjoying putting together this um, House of Horrors thing? That's really, really interesting. I really find that fascinating because you're, you're applying the standards that you've applied to your company to yourself. So you're treating yourself like as if you were an employee of your own company a little bit. Yeah. Which I love. And that's really interesting. But yeah, I guess actually, no, I'm applying... I'm trying to reattach myself to the person, not to, to the person I once was, to the low, low brow ism of like the fuck it button, the risk taker, the chaos, the embracing of it, like completely, complete informality. So I guess it's kind of opposite where I'm applying low, low brow on stage into my creative thing. So it's, it's, so I'm trying to step away from the business side of, things even though inherently this will become a business thing so i'm trying to relearn having fun and the way i know to have fun is by pressing the self-destruct button not giving a fuck and letting see where the train ends up and waking up at 4 a.m in a house i don't recognize a house of horrors in a house of horrors apparently just i love a house of horrors i love a house of horrors and just just i wish i wish there were more of them i love how shit they are I think that's really nice because definitely as a producer, I can get bogged down in, like you have your first creative flourish where you like have this fantasy, don't you, about like the type of show that you want to see. And then you're the one like, it's like, fine, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to make this fucking show that I think needs to exist in the industry. And then you're like riding off the back of all of that energy and zest for making a change. And then because it's the nature of the job, you get very bogged down in the reality of, you know, how does the show need to sit to, how can I make this show with the number of performers that I can pay for, which is always less than the number of performers that you'd like to have for example ah yes how can I take this thing that's my personal fantasy project and make it into something that's marketable because unless you have money from other sources you are going to need your show to make money which means that you're going to have to find the thing that you love and present it in a way that the general public might love it and all of these very practical considerations come into play like how much tech can you actually afford uh could there be someone whose job it is to fly people in from the ceiling and rig that no is the answer sure can you set fire to the whole stage no so these very practical things come in and and kind of kill creativity and it becomes this fight between the two and then after a while I certainly find that it becomes very much about what can be done rather than the fantasy of what could be done yeah and it's really nice to refine that I imagine because you don't change the game by thinking about practicality (laughs) Yeah, and it's the time that you and I fantasize about a lot. We glamorize our early years. We glamorize that time when we made like costumes for no money and things like that. And although I try not to glamorize it too much because it was hard and it was stressful and it was awful, I did have an attitude of anything as possible. I just had to figure out how to do it. And I have glimpses of it and I have more networking and access to artists that can make things happen. So why am I shying away from them? Because I don't think I can. Then there's the second part of it where it's like, well, actually, do I want to do this? Because do I want to work with people? And the answer is always no. I was going to say no. <laughs> no, I do like working with people, but I think this time it'll be a case of, I'll be in a position where I'll be like, actually, no, I'm going to hire various different people to do different things. And the overall is me it's just just me (laughs) i i think what i forgot is how much stimulation we had all the time at work i was like why do i not feel creative like why is everything feel uncreative surely i get stimulation inspiration from random places i always got inspiration just out of nowhere all the time so why is it not happening now and it's because netflix is shit tiktok's destroying our brains and my living room is single-handedly the most boring place in the world And I forgot how much our work, we were exposed to different things all the time doing different stuff. So what are you doing at the moment to expose yourself to things? You expose yourself to various (laughs) different... Making reels on Instagram. Horrifying my neighbours. No. Uh, Good question, Lolibra. 
You're reading. I do know that. Yeah, reading, listening to podcasts. I think my ideas are good when I try and forget that burlesque exists. (laughs) And then I look at other things and apply them in a burlesque context. And I know some people really like researching within the industry I don't think it works for me though, because I mean, there's like a bit of that is good to obviously see what's out there, but I think it, it makes our ideas bounce around in a cavern together where we're always kind of like throwing the same shit round and round in circles. So yeah, so I like looking at other stuff even silly stuff when we've ranted on about how much we've loved blown away seeing those kind of victorian-esque pieces that alexander rosenberg made reminded me of how much i actually love all those weird little victorian quirks and although i've never gotten round to making a show set in that period nor is it one of the first few on my list for years it is something that keeps cropping up as a theme and so i think like for me it's really important just to to fuck off burlesque and cabaret and like go and find new musicians going to periods of history like you mentioned i i really like i find quite inspirational you know just different art forms like i've been trying to force myself to not listen to the same types of music all the time and watching things which I've done a lot of recently that I used to really be inspired by like I feel like I don't know if you get this that I've lived two lives which in a way we have (laughs) there's my actual life and then there's Tempest's life and I've spent so much time in the last 13 years in Tempest's life I actually sometimes feel like I'm stealing somebody else's memories when I think about <laughs> my own life. It's very weird. Uh, do you understand though? Oh, that's good. Cause I, for a while I just yeah. thought it was crazy. Um, <laughs> and no, even just stupid things like watching human traffic the other day, which I messaged you about and me and Demi were laughing about, which I watched when I think when I was like 16 or 17 and it was just like, Oh God, the fucking nineties and like rave culture and, and all those jokes about like, you know, what it's like to hang out and talk to people on ecstasy and like how well you know them versus how well you think you know them. And it's just like this whole period of time, um, which I found actually very invigorating, not to sound like a wanker because I think what I do is forget we watch what we do through the lens of people who see it all the time. But I think a really clever artist slash producer can get their head into what outsiders think of what we do. And for a while, I'm worried. I've, I'm kind of worried about losing touch with what people in the normal world <laughs> think about and want to experience and how strange they find our world and so I think some of my creative process has been trying to tap into that again as like a source of inspiration yeah there's so many things you touched on there which I completely agree with there's something that was just flowing around my head whereas like I've got to stop seeing creativity as like a goal and got to start treating it like energy so like if something yeah. makes me feel creative it don't necessarily mean I have to create something because of it it's just inspiration and it's just fuel in the tank and I was just like oh that's actually really nice to remember when creativity is your job you forget that sometimes creativity is an emotion and a feeling and invigoration it doesn't have to be like this is needs to be making something you can just be like oh I want to recreate that feeling or feel that there's something I was doing with lighting the other day and I was just like oh this lighting makes me feel really nice I'm really good at lighting I should do a photo shoot now. No, sit down and enjoy the goddamn lighting. Yeah. But then the other thing you said, which is um, really hit on something that I'm really trying to do at the moment, is that I'm working on the Pope. It's like the Popette that I've been doing. I'm very excited about the Pope. Yes. I'm finding it really hard to work with it. It's been like an annoying thing where I was like, I had the feeling and the thing that I want to make this and I know that I want to make this, but I feel like basically I was just trying to make this act because I was trying to make an act. And I was like, I've never ever done that. I've never tried to make a burlesque act. Because as soon as you start going, it's a burlesque act, then it has to fall into certain categories that you have been prescribed to. So I was like, no, 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 I'm going to create a character and that character exists in the world. The lizard, the captain, they all exist in their own individual worlds. So it's been really nice to be like, oh, who is this Pope fucker? What is he feeling? That's really interesting. Yeah. Who's he fucking? What's he doing? Mm yeah yeah and he's delicious and he's wonderful and he's very much me when i'm horny so that's grand <laughs> so i'm very looking forward to it that's really interesting way mm. thinking about it it's actually like so stepping away from burlesque for the last year has actually maybe been quite good for that because i have so much distance between 
what burlesque should be with big fingery quotation marks and actually know what I'm known for or what I enjoy doing is creating really fucked up little characters. Lolo's just one of them and she just happens to be the big name over all of them. Mm. Hmm. They're all just like little slices of my personality. Like what's what's the little what's the little things that Voldemort has? Um Horcruxes. Like little slices of your With soul. the things that he puts the slices of yeah. his soul into. Your axe are your little horcruxes. Yeah. Which explains why you're a half human. LOL! <laughs> so yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, oh, actually, I'm going to make sure I push that a bit more because that's been really healthy for my brain. <laughs> that's really interesting. And I wish, I suppose, because even like with myself, we had the freedom to think about that more because I think it would make burlesque more interesting <laughs> if we didn't have like the tick list of what we felt we had to do. And we all do it. Uh, you know, even me and I kind of have created a sub industry within an industry in that like the house of burlesque's work keeps me busy enough. And every so often I'm lucky enough to go and work with somebody else or for somebody else. And that's lovely. But I, I have like a fairly self-perpetuating career through my own company. And even I feel the pressure. And when I was thinking about the tiki, Kila Rose act. I and I haven't choreographed it yet, although the music's finally done. Oh, thank fucking God. Um <laughs> and <laughs> well that's that's the only new thing really I've created. And it's not even new. I've had that idea for like three years, and it's still have taken me a fucking year to put it together. Like, you know, we've talked about this before. Like nothing is created quickly when you're in been in this for many years. Oh. And I was just like, I why do, why am I taking my bra off at the end? It doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure I want to. And I'm like, oh, but then because I'm using other burlesque tropes, like using fans, although trying to like turn some of them on their heads, I'm like, I still have that thing. We'll be like, well, people will say it's not burlesque. And then I'm like, well, then people will think if they don't know me that like, I'm prudish about doing that. But obviously I'm not. But yeah. And then like this weird thing of just like, I oh, do, do I have to take my bra off? Do I want to? Should I? Will people say it's not a burlesque act? Yeah. <laughs> Refining your creativity is actually sitting down and listening to what you authentically want. Mm. And practicing that regularly is really important, like in the sense of like listening to your body, like, do you actually want something sweet? Do you want something savory and things like that? I know it sounds really stupid, but I realize it's surprisingly not practiced. Mm. But yeah, like I was struggling with exactly the same thing. Like, why do I think that I'm going to do this? And why do I think that this is going to be... For example, like, why is sword swallowing the climax of it? It's not necessarily the case. It's part of it. And do I want to take my clothes off? And the one thing I've really enjoyed about Captain is that Captain's, it's a strip, but it's a strip down to the bone. Hmm. Yeah. So, like, why why do I think that I'm going to be this? Or why do I feel like I have to... And that's where the creativity lies, because then also you start thinking about how things come off creatively as well. Oh, God. I can't wait for this phase of, like, excitement about my job to phase. <laughs> I really like what you said about fuel and about not feeling the pressure to create from every bit of inspiration. And I hadn't really thought about that properly, but it's so fucking important for all of us to just like re-remember that or think about it if it's not occurred to us before. Because like you say, I think when you're new, you have so many ideas because you've literally just opened this box, haven't you? You've like taken the lid off all of these repressed parts of yourselves and all of a sudden you have a vehicle which you can express things that you've never been able to do before. And so there's thousands and thousands and thousands of ideas and you've got all these ideas for acting and half of them are shit. And it doesn't matter because you're like, Rah! you're like creative scattergunning everywhere. And then I, I, like you could live off the juice of that period, I think, for a really long time. Yeah. But what's, what's going on, which you've kind of re-highlighted, is that you know it takes a long time to express a sophisticated idea and sometimes the problem with new acts from scratch is that you're forced to think about all of those things for the very first time and you can't like muse on them or wander around them whereas in fact every time you do anything creative regardless of whether or not it's immediately useful anytime you fantasize anything you like drop into another world or learn about something random you're literally building fuel aren't you you're building a stockpile of information and and thought tangents and imaginary scenarios that when you finally get to a stage in an idea or an act where you're like I need this thing your subconscious is like hey remember five years ago when you learned all about how spiders eat people they people they fucked (laughs) 
that's what I meant to say. Um, that's going to be the thing that's going to solve this part of this act. Yes. And actually, it's vital that we keep topping up just our general knowledge and uh, say like fantasy life. Like I'm always banging on with people like, like fantasize about your best life. Fantasize about what you do if you had a million pounds for an act. Fantasize about everything, everything. Like the more you can unlimit your imagination to just go wandering off on tangents, the more I think that you broaden your perception of kind of what's possible anyway. Yeah. But but you end up with fuel. It's fuel. It's stocking ingredients in the cupboard, isn't it? It's doing a monthly shop and then one day trying to make a cake and being like, I do have cinnamon flavoured hundreds and thousands rummaging around in the back of the cupboard and pulling the fucking thing out. It's your liquor cabinet where it's full of liquors that people have bought you from holiday that you just never wanted and all of a sudden you need You're gonna it. You're going to make that Uzo, Uzo cocktail. Yes. <laughs> You're going to need to make an Uzo cocktail. You don't want to buy Uzo. You want to mm. dig out from the back of the cupboard. Yeah. That's that's how we should think about creativity. Yeah. Well, it's the same way we hold on to costumes and weird stuff. It's like, because it's going to come in handy at some point. We can always guarantee it. We don't know when. It might be seven years time. But you'll be like, I do have an orange boiler suit. Yes. Hoarding your thoughts <laughs> and your imagination. Hoard that's them. what we should be hoarding. Hoarding. <laughs> but yeah, and it's like one thing that I... I feel like the biggest hypocrite about is that I always talk about how your creativity is like having a pet dog and I definitely have just not looked after it at all. I got into a really good place last year where I was doing loads of like drawing and really like really expanding that sort of thing. I spoke about it last episode and I felt really creative and really good. Like there was there was no work coming out of it, but I was happy. And yeah, so it's like I need to reattach that. There's something about doing a job that really numbs your mind that will just numb your mind. It's very strange. I was like, I'm not doing anything during work, so I could just be there drawing. Why aren't I there drawing? Because I can't. It's weird. Yeah, I know what I mean. Yeah. It sucks that. Yeah, like I just. Out of you. And also because I'm around other people, like I can't just disappear into my head and listen to music and have a dance break. I didn't realize how often I have dance breaks in daily life. <laughs> really? Oh, that's so yeah. cute. Like I'll be doing something like dance break and it's just, it's the way I move through emotion and if I don't get paid to do it, apparently I forget to do it. So yeah, um, I'm just remembering that I need to let the dog off the leash, which Mm. sounds kinkier when you say it on its own. As a dog owner, I think it makes perfect sense. Here he is. It's much better for them to go run around rather than constantly pulling against the lead that you've constrained them to. That's not how a dog lives. No, if you take your dog at the same time to the same bit of park every day and home, you'll both live boring, unfulfilled lives. Yes. Great, boring, generic burlesque Just out of curiosity, this could go nowhere and I don't think it'll be useful to anyone. It's just a question that popped into my head. What creative job would you do if you weren't doing this creative job? I don't know, because the immediate go-to would be something like events or wedding planning. But you and I both know that actually that's a 98% admin job. Oh, my God. (laughs) Recreating the world's most obvious ideas over and over again. Oh, my God. The amount of times that we roll our eyes every time we hear feeling good, I imagine it'd be like that, but Groundhog Day. Yeah, basically. I want to have the most special day. It's going to be super unique. And then like afterwards, we're going to have like giant chess pieces and it's going to be it's going to be Alice in Wonderland themed. That's exactly the theme that popped into my head. Everyone's going to drink out of teacups. We want to do something no one's ever done before. We want Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, it's something no, no one's ever done before. It's no one else. It's going to be... Have you ever watched the film The Greatest Showman? <laughs> <laughs> was it you? No, it was... No, it was Betsy. Were you there for Betsy? Oh, my God. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, not that. Um... That's a really interesting question. Well, because I was thinking about it and I was like, well, would there be other things? Because like, the one thing we've talked about is that like performing isn't sustainable for long term. So like, one thing I do want to start thinking about is like security and money. Like, I do, I'm do, i always going to be a performer. There's no way I can't be because I'm an attention-grabbing. We but, learned about that last week. <laughs> but I'm like wondering, yeah. And I was like, oh, what other things we could do? I like, which is probably the thing I'll do more of particularly if producing is going to be unstable for the imminent future, which is one of the drivers for me trying to reconnect with what actual women who live in the normal world experience rather than me who's lived in a glorious fake made up world um, where life is experienced very differently is trying to distill down all of the things that 
we do now without thinking because of burlesque that other people would find incredibly useful in life. So an obvious one, of course, which I've already started to put together is the way that we create personas and actually how having a persona that you connect to your real self is hugely beneficial for your everyday existence. And so probably something in that field, which isn't as gloriously creative, but is a nice way of using our skill set. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely creative. There's so much creativity in there. It's just it's less rhinestoney. I don't know. You're just empowering other people. Boring. <laughs> that sounds nice. But for huge amounts of money. Yeah. And I was just good. thinking about what classes I'm gonna be doing. Well, I think it's really fascinating what you've already been doing, which is like makeup, but makeup for self expression. I don't know how much you enjoy teaching that, but when you were talking about the therapy sessions that oh, you yeah. help with, oh, I guess um, I think that's a really interesting intersection. Yeah, well, maybe yeah, it'd be interesting to do that. Um, God, I've been t- I've been teaching that for a year and a half. I don't know how easy it is to teach. But... It isn't easy to teach, but I imagine I could write. It's one of those things. If I actually sat down, if I actually sat my fucking ass down and wrote a course, it would be. <laughs> Where would you have time to do that at work? <laughs> In your job, being paid by other people. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm currently trying to write the fuck it button again because I was like, oh God, what the fuck is fuck it button? And it's all about like embracing chaos. But I'm like, I haven't left my living room for a year. So I can't really talk about embracing chaos when we lived in uns- the complete year of uncertainty. Just embrace it. <laughs> Just embrace it. I mean, to be fair though, it is the only thing you can do. So it is a good life skill. Yeah. I mean, you could be rich by now if you created it a year ago, but such is life. <laughs> I feel like your, your criticism isn't welcome here, but I... Yeah, that's not a helpful point. You could be recovering from having chaos thrust upon you. Create that workshop. <laughs> oh, wow. That actually is not a bad idea. The chaos fallout, what do you do? What Post-Chernobyl. Yes. Processing chaos. Chernobyl, but <laughs> noble spelt like noble. Like a noble queen. Uh, with a little crown on the yeah. font. Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's Cher in a crown. Cher noble. <laughs> anyway, sorry, back to the topic at hand. Thank you for talking me through that. You got me thinking about it because the other day when you're talking about having a space for yourself for um, doing things and running stuff and making money. That yes, way, I'll let you know if that comes to fruition. <laughs> how's, that, how's that looking for you anyway? Well, this is one of the things that went out in the email last week, um, which is me saying, I am potentially still interested. Pending discussion. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it is one of the things I'm going to have to nail down for this week. Joy. No, it's really great. I think you're doing amazing shit. Like, I'm honestly cheering you on from the sidelines, a little bit resentful, but also like, woo! (laughs) Woo! Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's all right. Unless there's a little bit of resentment there, I don't know that what I'm doing is truly good. Oh, yeah, yeah, Otherwise, yeah. you'd just be happy for me and no one wants that. No, if I was purely supportive of you, you know that it, I, w- I would think what you were doing was half-assed. Yeah. <laughs> Unless your friends are slightly slightly resentful and jealous, are you ever really achieving anything? Exactly. Thank but you. We need to be more open about this. Yes, this embracing negative emotions. You know, this is my latest new thing. I was thinking the other day, I was talking to Luke about running since I've confessed my dark secret of doing Couch to 5K. I love the way you feel like you've come out of your fucking closet. I know, I really feel like I'm still feeling a little bit judged and attacked um, (laughs) by my own internal hangups about admitting to enjoying running. And uh, (laughs) what was I saying? I was like, oh God, that last five minute run. I really had to dig deep to find something that had really pissed me off so I could just run with the rage of just being angry. Um, (laughs) What did you dig? What did you dig? What did you dig? All kinds of shit. Can't can't share. Stuff that I shouldn't be mad about still. Oh, was this shit from like three years ago? Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, dig into my recesses of like past rage and trauma to like just get really angry about what I could say if like someone said something to me again. (laughs) So I'm a big believer in the helpful nature of negative emotions. And I was so fucked off about it 
it did for help me forget the last two minutes of that five minute run it's really wow. useful I still get mad I, a, a month ago I got full on so mad I actually was 15 minutes late for whatever unimportant thing I had to do in a lockdown because I remembered about the time that the guy sitting on the shared table at Speakeasy with Luke said that he liked the hula hooping performance the best because the performer had some skill and I got lost on a, a rage loop about that for for a really good while <laughs> I love the way you, you took my comment and ran with it. It's not what I meant, but I'm really glad that you're oh, with okay. it. Great. <laughs> Didn't you? <laughs> no, I mean, I think I, what I meant is that you should be more honest about your negative emotions around things. We should be more vocal about like, oh, I resent you a little bit for that. Because I think, I don't know, I like honesty. Honesty is fun. But at the same time, no, you angry running makes me really happy. <laughs> Will it? I'm going to have those negative thought cycles, so I might as well put them to some good use. No, I agree with you. And this is my pet peeve on a lot of American TV shows where they portray like functioning couples and functioning friendships and relationships as like people who talk to each other, like they're in some kind of recorded therapy session. Uh, I don't know if you notice this sometimes in American TV shows, they're all very like, I felt today that this was this and I felt very traumatised. Well, I hear what you're saying and I validate, but what I really felt when I recapped over my own feelings, I'm like, this is all nice, but it's not how people really interact. And I'm not sure that there's always a benefit with like creating ideal scenarios that just aren't based in authentic truth <laughs> like you say it like it's the truth we say like i'd rather people normalize what we just said which is that no i'm really you know i'm really uh, impressed and, and proud of you you know to the extent that i'm actually a bit fucked off about how much you're doing because i'm not doing that or whatever it is and i like i like that because it's honest but that is what they're doing they're just doing it with a different language and also you're literally when you're doing the mickey taking of the people having a discussion i was like if tom's listening to this they're gonna be like yeah that's how we have our discussions i know i'm sure it is (laughs) i can imagine 100 percent is and look if it works for you that's fine but equally you know what was i laughing about the other day (laughs) you know i just think it's not always realistic Oh no, it's not realistic. And holding yourself to that expectation when you have genuine emotions running through you is so fucking ridiculous and counterintuitive and not productive in any way, shape or form. That's what I'm saying. You have to move through emotion. Yeah, no, great. Cool. What she said. Good, fine. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh God. <laughs> it's not real 80% of the time. 9% of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've got to... You, yeah, it's just a simple fact that humans are humans. And like, yeah, sure. You also might come to a place where you have a discussion where you're like, well, this made me feel like this and this made me feel like this. But... You do have to kind of have the bush first, at least. And normalising emotions and moving through them is more important than this idea that you'll have complete control over them at all times. It's unachievable. Thank you. You're welcome. I support you (laughs) in your anger and your stompy (laughs) ring. I think we've covered almost everything. My neck is killing me too. God. After Saturday, it's taken me two days to walk downstairs. Did you get this? (laughs) Oh, oh, I sink down in the toilet. I genuinely am like, oh, God. (laughs) I had to like hang on to the sink and the shower and like lower myself. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, it, it was horrendous. Even now my body it's just like every time i try and sit down or a step that is slightly even a little step or a slope my thighs my fucking thighs i've had to go down the stairs for the whole day yesterday on one leg you know when you have to like sidestep i had to just just i only had to limit the amount of water i drank because going upstairs and then back down again to the bathroom was so traumatic after yeah. fucking up in tea day that I just couldn't deal with it. I had to deep heat my legs. <laughs> yeah. No, I honestly had to kick my girlfriend off straddling me because I was like, no, my thighs can't take it. Get off. <laughs> this is nice, but no. <laughs> no, sorry. We tried. <laughs> oh, so much pain. So much. But it's nice because it's like, ah, oh, this is, this is like, oh, but then we probably won't do this for a little while and we'll have to go through it again. I mean, there is a bit of smugness because you know that you've like worked hard and your body's feeling it. But also Mm. I was really annoyed because I do Gracie's fucking class every week. 
I can still walk the next day. So I don't know if it was just a combination of just a whole day of work or whether she just savaged us in a shorter amount of time or whether because there were more people in the room, I like felt compelled to work harder than I do at home. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, mine was definitely that last one. Because I was like, I do workouts every day, like at the moment, not every day, but I do quite intense workouts. But I'm like, oh, maybe I just really push myself that much further when I'm in front of people. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> squat jump, squat jump, fucking agony. <laughs> Still in pain. Yeah, uh, we're fine. This is fine. Shall we say goodbye to these poor people and send them on their ways to go fish their creativity out of the pond in which we have presented them with? Yes. But... Dust it off. Take the cobwebs. Put them to one side and draw pictures of them because they're very beautiful. I love them. And you'd be surprised there's um, flies that you've accidentally caught in them. Have a look. Nice. See what's yeah. there. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. <laughs> we, we advocate finding weird and wonderful things to find out more about. Or, you know, something takes your fancy, go down a little rabbit hole. Yeah. It might not be immediately useful, but at some point, that could be the thing that saves your act, like the last piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I think that's totally true. And start listening to what you want. Just listen to what you fancy doing. And if that fancy doing is like drawing or going for a walk, creativity is all around you. You just need to feel it, access it, touch it, stroke it. Like Jesus. Who's stroking Jesus? (laughs) Aren't you? Every day. Hmm. Stroking Jesus is a great euphemism. Sorry, I've got to go stroke Jesus. (laughs) Anyway, I came up with a brilliant jingle where I managed to rhyme laid off and I thought I should write the song down so I don't forget it in two hours and then I forgot it because that's what lockdown ah! So hopefully it will come back to me for next week. I did write another one. It's only small, but it's very retro. But yeah, that really fucked me off. <laughs> I was just like, I'm never going to forget this. It's only two hours away. Not a fucking clue. It was really clever as well. So everyone pray for that to return for next week. A huge massive thank you to our incredible Patreons who have signed up and supported the Ginsult Patreon. Things like that really mean the world of difference to people like us and this podcast has been a really super fun project and it's been really great to share some backstage and intimate blackmail worthy stuff with you guys. So thank you so much for signing up. And thank you so much in particular for these two folk. Take it away, Tempest. Gin salt with tears in our eyes Living for the memories of a time gone by Gin salt, we've got stuff to say Mm-mm. Grateful for our listeners and a thank you Kate and Jay Hey, it's an 80s bonanza! I have no idea what song you're referencing Really? Yeah. Dancing of tears in my eyes. I'll send you a link. Please do, because I'm concerned, because 80s is my happy place. Yeah, you'll know when you hear it. It's really famous. Mm. Oh, that was beautiful. That was absolutely stunning. Thank you for sharing that with us. That was wonderful. My pleasure. It's my achievement of the day. Oh, good, 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 good. (laughs) Also, a huge massive thank you to our incredible producer, uh, Richie Ruru's, for doing all the editing for this podcast and all the other podcasts. There's like 40 of them now. Christ on a bike. (laughs) So... (laughs) Stroke in Jesus. So thank you so much for being absolutely incredible. Do check out their podcast called I Might Be Wrong UK. It's all about music. Thanks, Rich. Thank you also to Rosie Verbose for our still relevant, still fabulous, still earwormy jingle that you can enjoy at the end of this podcast. If we, when we, if we ever stop Ginsol, can we do a competition where people have to make up a dance routine to it first? (gasps) Oh, yes. Oh, I want to hear a parody of it. Oh, that would be cute. Yeah. But yeah, do check out Rosie Verbose. Uh, they have a network. Uh, network? Instagram? Instagram Cabaret Network? Yeah. That Instagram Cabaret Network. All about mental health called uh, Invisible Cabaret. So do go check them out. This week, I would like to plug watch on demand feature for house of burlesque divine which will have happened on the friday before for you wonderful people but the recording is available you can buy a ticket and you can access it for the next few days till the end of the week so you can watch it at any time you can watch it over and over and over again on a loop should you really want to but yeah get on it go visit the website houseburlesque.co.uk 
I am very, very excited. I can't wait. And we would have already said hello to you. And it was lovely to see you on Friday night, everyone. So thank you for joining us. Trippy. I know, it's weird, right? <laughs> thank, thank you to everyone who watched the show. Yeah, thanks for being there. Yeah. 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 It's a new month, just a few days in, which is an ideal time to sign up to the House of Bullets Patreon because you don't have to pay again until the first of the month after. So you'll find pro classes, classes for every day, affirmations, uh, little tips and tricks and mantras to help you help your well-being, help you fuck that shit mentality. And it always our patrons here on News First. And more often than not, you'll get a discount on show tickets and stuff. So it's financially worth it, dears. Yes. Come and join us. Yes. And you've got a whole new dance class thing that you just started last month, this month? Yes, I'm hoping that you've all been enjoying the wonderful reels that Betsy Bonbon and I made on our social media to advertise our new Monday dance classes. Yes, please head to our Instagram for the full info. But basically, we teach a full routine every month in a series of recorded videos. So you can still catch up on the recording that dropped just yesterday, which is week one. And at the end of the month, we do an online dance class and that gets recorded too. So if you miss it, you can still catch up on all the lols. So come on down and dance to the basic burlesque pitch soundtrack. I've got nothing really to plug. I'm good. Support your local artists. Be nice to people. Enjoy what you have. Remember that. Pay for your porn. Pay for your porn. There we go. Thanks. (laughs) Pay for your porn. Thank God you're here. Otherwise, this would be awful. (laughs) But yeah, that one. Yay. I think we're done. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We really do love you. And we're so glad you are here every week. So be good to yourselves. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. So you wanna be a showgirl, a star of cabaret But the closure of the theatres leaves a hole in your heart and in your day Well here's two artists who miss burlesque gigs, performing and acting moronic People who, when life gives them lemons, just slice them up for a gin and tonic Mocking mocktail, the cocking cocktail. Let them show you how it's gin salt with tempest rose and low, low brow. Give us your attention. I mean, we have absolutely fucked off the gin salts and burlesque now, so I know it's so fine. great. Yeah, it's good. Isn't it? Do you think they noticed? <laughs> no, maybe we blinded them with a week off. Threw them off kilter. Yeah, no one knew. I don't think we've been doing it for a while, have we? I think we at least do one of them every so I don't remember doing so it often. for like a few weeks. All right, fine by me. Like, just creep in. Ah, yeah, it's fine. I'm happy with it. <laughs>